author, comedian, journalist, pop culture pundit, and all-around good guy, TV personality Frank DeCaro joins us today. This is The Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is The Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Hello and welcome to the Focus Group. Sorry we're a tad late, my fault. But other than that, it's a good uh, it's a good day. We're glad you joined us here live on the Focus Group. It's Wednesday, May 8th. And uh, you heard at the beginning, we've got uh, our friend, good friend of ours. Latest book has just come out. Number one on Amazon, John, under the category Lifestyle. It deserves to be number one. It Drag. is a great book. I'm coming through the big wigs of show business. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. We can't wait to have Frank on. So after we do our usual, our usual stuff, our usual stuff, we'll uh, we'll have Frank join us. And of course, you could uh, you could always call us at eight seven seven nine six two six eight four six. I can't even read. Could I? Did I read that right? You got it. Eight seven seven nine six two six eight four six. Number's on the bottom of the screen if you're watching there too as well. <laughs> of course, thanks for everybody who's li- who are listening and tuning into our podcast every Tuesday morning. TFG unbuttoned. You can find that through our Facebook page or our Twitter or Instagram. And, uh, of course, if you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can find all of our show content, both audio and video. And everybody time shifts now, John. Everybody time shift. But I'll tell you what time it is now. It is the second week of the fifth month of the new year. (laughs) Second week. The fifth month of the new year. So someday it's going to be... The fourth week of the 12th month of the, well, yeah, then it's the end of December, but I don't want to get there too fast. No, you don't. I do not want to get there too fast. You don't. How was your week? Was it pretty good? What are you doing this week? Aren't you going somewhere this weekend? Uh, yes, I'm going to see my niece graduate from Franklin Marshall in uh, out in Lancaster. I, I was hoping that Careful we might. horse and buggies. Well, yeah. <laughs> And, and, am I mistaken, or when we did our ice cream trip with Brian Roman, Admark 360 fame, wasn't there a town called Blue Balls? Well, there's Blue Balls, there's Intercourse, there's Bird in Hand. <laughs> all, they're all out in Lancaster, right? Well, and, and that, that um, and of course I'm going to forget the name of, it, name of it right now, but that, that um, the one, dairy. one dairy we really liked is right near Franklin and Marshall. Really? It's down there, that, yeah. Mm. I have to look up the name. I can't I, believe I forgot it. You usually have the photographic memory. You can remember that stuff. That I, was our favorite. It was the cleanest. Where you it, saw the kitty cat. Oh, the cats. They had they had the cows outside. You could actually walk up to the little the little cows and pet them. And they had we thought some of the best ice cream on the tour. Yeah, it was really. I'm not good. sure if they had the best vanilla or not, but I know that they had some. They had of the, the best. We we rated them the best ice cream. Period. And the and the other one was Fred's. I, I think I remember Fred's that. Was but that, that one we, that. because we liked the lemon Oreo. Mm-hmm. Ice cream. That was, uh, we did that trip in a heat wave last Ugh. year. <laughs> it was too hot. You would never know from the pictures. And isn't that always the case when you see someone in 95 degree weather or 100, they look like they're happy. You have no idea. By the way, you'll be happy to know, John, the, they are doing another, the state of Pennsylvania, Department of Agriculture is doing another tour, ice cream trail, but they're going to do a different route. So I don't know. If anybody wants to sponsor us going to taste ice cream or wants to ride along, maybe we'll do a caravan. Get a bunch of people with us. You and I, you that trip was intriguing because it you routed it over a two-day period. So we had six, and then there were 12 dairies, yep. so we did six each day, starting at 10 in the morning with ice cream. By the end of the second day, <laughs> when we had a cup of vanilla in me, I... 
we're all looking at it like in terms like is this a good vanilla is it a bad we're like we, and brian and i are like we don't care we don't want to have any more work done with ice cream forever well, the first few stops we all ordered something and yeah. then as the day went on we're like let's just drink it gonna, down the rule was let's find who has the best vanilla mm -hmm. we figured we needed some criteria so yeah by the second day the end of the second day was just like let's just get a cup of vanilla and get out of here i wonder how the new route would go though because you know you only have so many dairies in the state right yeah but i'm sure there's ones that maybe didn't sign up or you got your scoop in your shirt, right? I did, and I saw, and that T-shirt fits perfectly. Nice T-shirt. Yeah, Bob's got one too. Bob, oh, that's right. We, we, we had a whole bunch of cards in, yeah. We'd known that we would have brought more cards. So, hey, what caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. You know, folks, in our modern rush, 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 tweet, 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 tweet world, things happen, and they happen in a blink of an eye. This has already been discussed on air a couple times for one aspect of it, but I saw an article and it said the NRA's new president seems like a great person. <laughs> what? Is that the new president? Yeah, oh, look at her face, Carolyn Meadows. She's a, you know, you know she ha she's packing heat. Not the kind you want, the kind that's... Looks like yeah. she smokes parliaments. You know what? The parliament cigarette that... Guys in the booth, we have Garrett and we have Steve. What do you think, if she was a smoker, what is Caroline smoking? Is Do you think it's, uh... Salem's 100 <laughs> You think Salem's with a menthol? One million percent, yeah. Uh, Salem's, Garrett, do you agree? Do you think there's a different brand for her? Virginia Slims, maybe? <laughs> I was wondering, do they still make Virginia Slims? I was wondering if they still made those. <laughs> we have Garrett and, and uh, Steve in the booth oh, who bring funny. us to every week. So, newly elected National Rifle Association President Carolyn Meadows may only be a few days into her job, but she's already leapt headfirst in the NRA's proud and long-standing tradition of saying very bad things. Uh -oh. In a wide-ranging interview with her hometown paper, the Marietta Daily Journal. Now, she's not from Marietta, Ohio. This is a different Marietta. Uh, who was voted into the NRA. She's, she replaced Oliver North. You know, there's a big kerfuffle going on about the accounting at the NRA. Apparently lots of padding and lots of people at the top were getting... All getting money and all, and it's all from the dues. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's what she said. We're, work, we're going to work to get Donald Trump reelected unity, and that's primarily it, to be politically active, to bring gun toters into the fold, to get more gun toters to join the NRA, she told the journal. It's a powerful lobby, not just for gun rights, but for rights. We believe in the Constitution. So do I. <laughs> when we take our oath of office, we actually swear allegiance to the Constitution of the United States. That's why I do it. So the article goes, Trump first, guns and Constitution second. Check. Got it. Okay. Meadows is a longtime Republican official who worked to block the construction of a monument to Martin Luther King while serving as chairwoman of the Stone Mountain Memorial Association, which oversees the largest pro-Confederacy pro-Confederacy monument in the country, also atta um, attacked newly elected Georgia Democrat Rep. Lucy McBath as only having won her 2018 congressional race for being a minority female. So I think it's Marietta, Georgia. Of course it's Marietta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you mentioned that. I Just as an as offshoot, I bought a book yesterday, The Pioneers, which is about Marietta, Ohio. It's about the Northwest okay, okay. Ordinance. And you should read it, David McCullough. It's actually also number one on Amazon right now under histor history. You, I'm going to get you that book. I would like to read a... Uh, it's very cool. It's about all the New Englanders that went out to settle settle the, the West. This looks far enough. We're here. Marietta, <laughs> Marietta Ohio, Ohio, right across the river. <laughs> so... Um, that's that's so basically I'll just got a new leader. I'll conclude by saying that a racist leader is Carolyn Meadows. She she said I believe in arming teachers absolutely. In my church, 
I'm armed. My pastor is a shooter, a hunter. He knows I'm armed. People in the congregation know I'm armed. She probably dances with snakes, too, at the church. I don't know. I... You know the snake dancers? Yeah. <laughs> the I don't know what kind of church you're referring to, you know but... The southern snake dancing with the yeah. church and jumping around with rattlesnakes. Uh, no, that's called... Um, crazy. What do they call that? Crazy. No... It's these, uh, like, Pentecostal. Southern Baptist, is it? Yeah. <laughs> or is it Pentecostal or oh, kind maybe. of crazy thing, right? Yeah. So that was what caught my eye. <laughs> well, mine couldn't be any, any further from any the... further. Yeah. This caught my eye because it popped up. Do you know, 35 years ago, this year, John, it was the release of John Hughes' iconic 16 Candles, the movie 16 30 Candles. 35 years ago. years so if you remember, it was Molly Ringwald who played Samantha Baker. She had two problems. The guy she had a crush on was dating someone else, and her entire family forgot about her birthday. And um, so as they started looking at this film, and they were wondering whether in today's climate if this film could ever be made again. So this came out of page six, and they, they, they put together a bunch of millennials that had never seen the film. And they make them watch it? And some people that had seen it 30 years ago and were watching it again and wanted their reactions. I love the movie. But when you read about some of the reactions, you're wondering, you know that this would never be made again. So they're wondering how it held up. So it's a rom-com, a romantic comedy. Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, Michael Schaffling, remember him, uh, John and Joan Cusack. So when they showed it to people, most people said they were in shock about how politically incorrect it was. They said it was filthy, offensive, <laughs> it should be rated R. 16 Candles? Yes. Oh my God, okay. They said it was offended. This would not play now in today's Me Too movements and in, in today's Me Too world. The premise of how could your family forget your birthday? Because now if they did the movie, everybody knows on Facebook that it's your birthday. Right, A, but in 16 Candles, her sister was getting married. And the family over The grandparents the came in, and yes. there was an, a foreign exchange student involved. Long, I'm going to get to okay. Long Duck okay. Dong. Okay. <laughs> so they said that uh, there was one scene where that particularly struck the uh, African-American community um, in not a good way, and they said it was racist. She's walking in the hallway, and somebody says to Molly Ringwald, do you want a black guy or a black trans am? And she says, a black guy? She makes some sort of kind of like... Oh, okay. So people were offended by that. Folks, that was 35 years ago. Okay. Molly Ringwald's on the bus with Anthony Michael Hall. She calls him a fag. Um, every t So the exchange student, Long Duck Dong, was there. And every time he comes on, the, every time he comes on screen, there's a big gong. Gong! <laughs> Remember that? Because he was, he was Asian. He was Asian. And, uh, there's even an audio. There's also an audio cue of music that's in the background that they said was racist. And one of the, one of the lines that really threw people off is the little kid said, after Long Duck leaves, let's throw away the sheets and mattresses. Oh. He's sleeping in the house. So they said this was horrible for Asian kids growing up in 1984 and seeing this. Wasn't there another... Tasteful? However, Donger gets the girl. He was the only one that really got the girl. The, uh, the, the exchange student. Yeah. What was um, that clip you used to love? I used to be played on our old movie game, and it was the father. They're looking for the exchange student. He goes, well, if you go ahead on the slide, you'll see you can read it. No, he's not. What does he say? No, he's not. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, so there he is passed out of date rape. And then it's the next, the next slide, I think. that You'd have to go in on the far left is the quote. There, he calls the police looking for... Uh, Looking for uh, Donger. What was he wearing? Well, uh, let's see. He was wearing a red Argyle sweater and tan trousers and red shoes. No, he's not retarded. <laughs> I remember that when that quote came out. Right, yeah, he's passed out in the lawn. 
So the one thing the millennials did like, though, they were intrigued by the 80s house parties. Remember all the movies, all those 80s John Hughes the movies? Millennials were intrigued parties. by the house parties. 80s house parties and thought they might have been fun to attend. However, they were. Yeah. They said that Joan Cusack character was, she had that mouth gear on this, said there was a universal sign of a loser. No one helps her. She can't drink out of the fountain. She can't do anything. The kids just make fun of her. They didn't think that was nice. The prom queen was offered up to the nerd Correct. to drive her home. Correct. So passes her off. Um, doesn't remember the night. They said this was not funny. Should somebody at the studio have realized this was not a good message to send to girls that you had the drunk, you take the drunk prom queen and just hand her off to the nerds. Remember he goes to the house I to do. get pictures taken with her? Yeah, yeah. To show their friends. And they said the, the ironic part about the ending is finally when Sam meets that the guy in the Porsche shuffling. They said they've never said a word to each other, yet they run away together. And sitting there having a cake, they said it's one of the most iconic scenes in a movie. But who made the cake? The house was a mess. Where do you find time for a cake? At the end of the day, they said people should watch this to see a part of our culture, and it's a learning moment. Most of the millennials said, however, they would never watch it again. It was too disturbing. Most candles. of the millennials will never watch 16 Candles again, and yet this was one of the John Hughes classics. Ferris Bueller, St. Almost Fire, yeah, you, 16 Breakfast Candles, Club, Breakfast Club. Have you guys seen 16 Candles? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but I liked it at the time. I've never seen it, so I got nothing on that. So you would be a good one to watch. Mm -hmm. Steve would be a good one to take a look at. This reminds me of a conversation we had with our friends Will and Lori. We were talking about Animal House and oh. how they were watching it with their daughter. And there was this, <laughs> there was this scene where the guy is going to, the girl passes out, and the little devil and the angel pop up on his shoulders, and the devil's like, do her, do her. And the angel's like, no, no, no. And, and they're laughing, and their daughter is like, are you, why are you laughing at this? This is like, this is going to. allowed to laugh. And then, the, and then Lori said to me in a later email, she goes, we, we laughed anyway. She said, no. And, and they're like, Mom, Dad, is this funny? They're like, yeah, it's hysterical. And then, anyway. A different time. Different time. It's a business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. We've all heard of A&M Records. What? We should go to Don beforehand. He has a comment about movies. <laughs> hey, Want to take him? Yeah, Garrett, let's take Don from Alabama. Hi, guys. Don, I read your comment. Let, let our listeners yeah. know what you have, what you're going to talk about there. Well, my my uh, my brother brought his two teenage boys over, to, uh, and they said, "Well, we we want to watch a movie." I said, "I've got a movie I want you Oof. to see, just because <laughs> for this very reason." And you want to talk about a movie that would never get made ever again? But I put in Blazing Saddles. Exactly. I wish I had put a camera on them. They made it about. 25, 30 minutes into it, and they said, you got to be kidding me. It's, and they were just floored that this movie even existed. It, 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 all right, Don, what a, yeah, nicely done, nicely done. I still think it's a great movie, but maybe oh, that's... Oh, it is. It, it's phenomenal for its time. Yes. It was a different time, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the same time when I've seen reruns of Archie or uh, All in the Family, and uh -huh. the language that they all use uh, would never make it on TV now, and I wonder how it gets through the censors even, I know it's some of these obscure cable channels, but it's uh, some of the, the use of the N-word yeah. and some of the yep. other language that would be, would ruin a career today. 
Um, <laughs> Don, in particular, I'm remembering a scene where the sheriff's in his office and there's a knock at this back window and this old lady brings the sheriff a pie. And she's like mm-hmm. handing the pie over. She says, Sheriff, I'm sorry I called you a poop. You know, yeah. like the, it, it, all throughout the movie. And I think, it, frankly, I think Mel Brooks once said that the reason he did that was to make that point was, you know, but it, it's lost on many today, yeah. I think. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was a social, it was at one point a comedy, but at another point a social commentary. Yes. You know, but it's just, it's astounding to see a 17 and a 19 year old into uh, from today's youth looking at that movie and it's like just being totally, completely un, unhinged by it. I, I think the word that, as you were telling the story, um, uh, dumbfounded is what I, I yes. the, the express. Then I think you're right about putting a camera on them. If you had a little camera on the TV facing them, you, the mouths would be open, slack jawed, like, oh my god. Oh yes, mystery science theater. Kept looking over yeah. at us and looking back at the TV, like, is this real? Or, or even, yes. am I allowed to laugh? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You yeah. can't laugh. Thank you, Don. Hey, Don. Thank, thank you. Don. So the. Um, Rob Moran, that's one of his favorite movies. Really? My buddy Rob, yeah. Happy birthday. Today, May 8th, happy 84th birthday to Jerome S. Jerry Moss. He's an American recording executive best known as being co-founder of A&M Records. I always wondered what the A&M was. A&M was, so the M is obviously for Moss. What is the A for? The A, I had no idea, was for Herb Albert. Remember Herb oh, Albert and, and the, the Tijuana, Tijuana Brass? Brass. So they both, they both were co-founders of A&M Records. They originally started the company in uh, Albert's Garage, and they named the company Carnival Records. This was back in 1960, 1962. After they started working, they discovered that that name was already taken, so they just changed the name of the company to A&M Records. Interestingly enough, and this is how things sometimes play on the focus group, they made their name and uh, their their first uh, success by promoting a song called Sixteen Candles." <laughs> you did not. You did you can't not make it up. You didn't plan that. You can't make it up. So they both uh, have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They uh, their label was purchased by Polygram, and uh, Jerry Moss and his wife are longtime horse breeders, and they received the largest ever first place purse from the Kentucky Derby in 2005 with a victory from a horse for the first time it ever was entered named Giacomo. And they named the horse after Sting's son, who has the same name. Really? Yeah. Apparently they're very close with Sting. The cult's mother was named Set Them Free, also a reference to Sting's song, If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free. And then they had another horse called Zenyatta. Remember this? Zenyatta Mandata. Zenyatta Mandata from the album. And Zenyatta was the only female horse ever to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. In 2010, she was named American Horse of the Year. So, happy birthday, Jerry Moss. By the way, the now that you explain the A of the A&M in the A&M logo, there is a trumpet in the logo underneath. So, that must be the reference be to Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. Yeah, very good business birthday. So, everybody knows that a partner here of ours on the Focus Group is Deep Discount, who asks you to own your passion. Head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Deep Deep discount logo and start shopping away. They've got a sale going on this week called Page to Screen. It's the Page to Screen sale. And um, John, I'll be interested because I don't know this movie that you picked this week. Okay, okay. So 
the minute I saw that this was released, and it's on Blu-ray, no doubt, uh, this is a surprise to me because this movie has not been available for a while, but I'm glad they, they're putting it on Blu-ray. So it's called Colossus, The Forbin Project. And the, 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 it's about a, a, a scientist named Forbin who helps the U.S. military create a supercomputer that's going to protect the United States from Russia. And this is made back during the Cold War. They turn on the computer, it starts doing its thing, but they never expected it to start talking to its complement, because the Russians created a computer of their own. Of course. The two computers hook up, start trading data, and realize that the human race is a threat to itself, and they're going to take over the world, the computers. So, hey, Garrett, I think I threw in a clip. Towards the end of the movie, the computer actually develops a voice, and here's what the computer tells the human race. This is the voice of world control. World control. I bring you peace. It may be the peace of plenty and content, or the peace of unburied death. The choice is yours. Obey me and live, or disobey and die. Mm. Sounds like those people who've got cancer and they put the, <laughs> the voice the box things. That's terrible, but <laughs> anyway, I it's a. Uh, <laughs> I introduced the movie to Bob. Bob loved the movie. Um, he did? Yeah, he, it's it's a good. It's it's a it's not. It's like an hour and a half. It's it's a well done film. It's a good script, and it just gets creepier and creepier as the and and we're talking nineteen sixties computers, reel to reel. So really, in reality, the the achieving sentience would never have occurred. But it's a fun story. You never cease to amaze me with something. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm never surprised. What'd you pick? Then again, I kind of am. I picked Into the Wild, which uh, was released in uh, August of 2017. It was uh, originally released in uh, 2007 in theaters. It's uh, a Sean Penn scripted and directed true life drama based on John Krakauer's bestseller about Christopher McCandless, who was a 22-year-old college grad who in 1990, he dropped out of society, essentially gave up all his possessions, and then headed to the Alaskan wilderness. And um, it's a very tragic ending. Um, the movie stars Marsha Gay Harden, William Hurt, Vince Vaughn, and Hal Holbrook. I read the book. The book had a profound effect on me. It was. Did you read it? Into the I world? remember when you mentioned reading this. You were and, very... Yeah, It. and then when I saw the movie... Um, it's funny because when you do read something, you have your own vision of what's happening. Is the movie true to the book? Play. Pretty close. Okay. Pretty darn close. Although I envisioned where the I, I envisioned the ending different as I read it than than uh, than what the movie did. But the movie is very true to form to the book. And um, but this kid just he came from privilege and just decided he was going to throw it all in off the grid and go off the grid. And uh, it's it's a good watch and you can get it for which, which I couldn't believe the price here six, six fifty or something? six dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, that's on uh, on DVD. So it's a great price. Cheaper than a movie ticket. That's why we love working yeah. with Deep Discount. New release this week is uh, Better Call Saul season four. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, you knew that uh, Saul was the lawyer on the show, played by Bob Odenkirk. So this is season four. It's set in 2002. The show follows Saul, who's still using his given name of Jimmy McGill, as he gets involved in a series of morally questionable cases and <laughs> perpetuates the occasional scam. It sounds like a perfect uh, <laughs> prequel to Breaking Bad. Um, I was not a Breaking Bad fan, but a friend of mine recently told me that if I wasn't Breaking Bad, I might really like um, Better, Better Call Saul. See, I never tried Breaking Bad, and I think I, I think I might like it, but I don't know. 
you could either try pick it. up a, a box set. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. All right, yeah. so it's uh, the page to screen sale at Deep Discount. Go to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Deep Discount logo. Arr, the shark puppet is taking a little break, but he'll be back soon. Um, I picked Colossus, the Forbin Project on Blu-ray. It's just been made available on Blu-ray. It's a classic sci-fi film. Not so science fiction now that I think about it, but Tim, Into the Wild. Into the Wild. And the release this week is Better Call Saul on Season 4 Blu-ray. Garrett, what do we say? Thanks, Deep Discount. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Does it be like me? Oh, as they say in the subway, hello, everyone. That hello, pisses everybody. me off. Hello, I, everybody. I, I like ladies and gentlemen. Is it everyone or everybody? Hello, everyone or everybody. Yeah. Coming up next, after this brief break, the one, the only, Frank DeCaro, author of the new book, Drag. It is a fantastic book. We're going to be talking to him. We're going to show you the cover. We're going to get into the book and see what he's been up to. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with The Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do Send it. Me. Jim saying something, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, From the panel, <laughs> it's my favorite. Sorry. Well, welcome. We're already started off the show. We're at break. But hey, <laughs> welcome back to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. We have, as promised, joining us, author, journalist, TV and celebrity personality, <laughs> pop culture pundit, lover of all things Batman and the Munsters. Mr. Frank DeCaro. You know more about me than my husband does. Thank you. Well, <laughs> and of exceptional taste well, and talent. Better, better than me holding it up, but congratulations on this book. Thank you. Drag. We, I, I went to Amazon today, number one. Yeah. On yeah. Amazon, or and I'm sure at other places where all great books are I sold. Hope. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been number one in three categories so far: fashion, history, fashion, photography. Fashion designers. No, I don't even know right. what the difference is. And and lifestyle photography. See, it, we used to say it's not a lifestyle, it's a life, but it's a, apparently this book is a lifestyle. And it just came out last week. April 30th. April yes. 30th, right. So congratulations. Thank you. And um, of course we're going to... Before, before you go further, go in the bottom right corner of the cover of the book, there's a name that means a lot to me as a New Yorker, and that is the name Rizzoli. 57th Street, it's a fantastic... Uh, yeah, was that their old... Are they still there? Yeah, no, they're downtown. They're oh. Low, they're on Lower Broadway now. <laughs> they, oh, no, they're Broadway above above uh, Union Square. Back in the day when you could still have a storefront on 57th and not, you know, spend an arm and a leg, Rizzoli was the store that you went to for incredible, great, rare books. Coffee table books, fashion books, and I'm so happy that they partnered with you on this. We had one in Philly, too. That, Did you really? Um, yeah, that has since, like, a lot of great bookstores gone, gone away. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's okay. So um, this is your fifth book. I know. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about a, a bunch of things. But what we really wanted to try to figure out is how did you, how did this come about? Because I'm sure there's an interesting story behind tell how you, you, yes. So please All tell right. us. So five years ago, an editor from Rizzoli, Rob Perlman, who is a wonderful author and very creative editor, took me out to lunch in Los Angeles, where we we just had moved a year before that, and uh, and he said someone needs to do a book on drag, and I think it should be you, and I was not convinced. I was like, well, no, I don't. Why should it be me? I'm not a. I've, Did you ask him right away? Like, why should it be me? Uh, kind of, yeah. And but then I thought about it. I was like, oh my god, I've been 
I've been a drag hag since I was a toddler. <laughs> and I saw, I was watching the Munsters in 1966 and uh, Herman gets hit by a bolt of electricity and wakes up a cocktail waitress. And, I, and I've liked men in dresses ever since then, you know. And I think this book is kind of an excuse to run that photograph. I found <laughs> you a did wardrobe find test of Fred Gwynn in drag on the Munsters. And it was, a, they, we bought a collector's photo uh, of that. And uh, it's in the TV section. So did they give you any rules? Or was this just simply, we want, we want, we think this category is, a, this is a book we want to, we want to produce and we want to publish. Did they give you any rules or was this your own, you can create? No one has asked it? me that. Thank I love that. No, they kind of were like, go make a thing. Which is why writing a book is so exciting, because right. it's a thing. <laughs> There's Herman, isn't he? Look how cute! And, and it's like, on page like uh, yeah, no, 102. We'll have to post that on Facebook, Turn to that picture. page 102 in your books, children. And <laughs> Yeah, I know, I just, can you show it or can you, I mean, do, do it. Probably do do it like a Carol Mary. Look at him, he's so get, cute! get a close-up there. Look! He's Aunt Herman. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the gist of this chapter is how the, the whole trope in television in the 20th century yeah. was take the ugliest, hairiest man and put him in a dress and a straight guy will fall for him. <laughs> you know, that was always kind of the, the way it would go. So now they kind of said, go make a book. And, and then you kind of have to figure out, well, what am I going to say? So, but on the question of no rules, um, so the parameters were what, what you your structure for what you felt drag was going to be and how you were yes. going to talk about it. But um, there had to be a point where someone said, okay, we need X number of words. <laughs> well, they did, and then I wrote a lot more. So they I, say it needs to be, did they give you a page to say, it's, well, it's not going to be 500 pages, but it could be 300 or it could be 100 or... Well, I think we contracted for like 40,000 words and I turned in 85,000 words. Wow, oh my God. And then uh, they said, I can't, my editor said, I can't even look at this at this length. So I was like, Give me a pen. And uh, by two days later, it was 60-something. I said, now now edit it. And so it ended up coming in closer to, to 60,000 words. Wow. But um, I I was, you know, you get nervous when you're doing a project this big. And it's been, a, it was really five years worth of, of work, you know, from beginning to, to publication. But I worked mostly for three years on it. Um, you get nervous because you're like, well, what am I trying to say? And I, I had a friend who's quoted, uh, Dennis Dermody, who is quoted in the book. He's a wonderful Dennis is doing all under your show. No, oh, the best. Favorite, favorite. Our cinemaniac. Yeah. Yep. That's so anyway, right. He said to me, write the drag book you want to write and write about those people who you think are important and put your own spin on it because you can't do everybody. And, and I still fit a lot of people in. There are a lot of drag queens in this book. Um, and drag to me is a very broad thing. I mean, right. I include cross-dressing. You know, you can be Milton Berle dressed as Cleopatra in 1948, or you can be Bianca Del Rio in 2019. It, it's it's all a man in a dress or a woman in a chest wig, and I like them both. You know, and there's only a little bit of drag king because I thought there's so much right. mm. drag queen stuff to cover that that um, you know, and and I do. I think, uh, and it's showbiz drag too. It's not really pageant drag. It's not, you know. It, How it's, long did it know. take you to develop the your structure? And I and I guess my 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 reason for asking that is was it once you had the structure of the buckets you wanted to put things in and you wanted to talk TV, film, dragon culture, once you had your your main structure, your framework, was it easier to write or was it? Well, I think you have to do that with a book. I mean, maybe a novel is different, but if you're doing nonfiction. 
I always tell people it's like losing weight. You can't say I'm going to lose 100 pounds. You have to say I'm going to lose five pounds 20 times. So you do with your, you know, it's really because it's too daunting to lose 100 pounds, even though I did. <laughs> okay. So, I, but uh, no, but you really, you have to do it in little drips and drabs. And so I would say I came up with the chapters. And there were other, there was going to be a whole Australian chapter. And that, wow. and I was like, no, I can fit. I was like, Dame Edna can go over here and Courtney Act can go where, over where there. Where does Dame Edna actually reside in its drag? Yeah. I th- oh, my God. I think she's the, the she's the, one of the greatest female impersonators ever who created this character out of whole cloth. I wish she would stop being so transphobic so loudly. Yeah, um, that's where that, I, was, I guess I was that's where say, I was getting at. It would really be nice if she were not ruining her legacy by saying right. stupid crap, you know. Uh, but but I just, uh, but people are like, well, why would you include her? It's like, because she's really important. And sometimes people disappoint, people you adore and was one of the smartest people I've ever met or interviewed. And I, and, and I met, I interviewed him yep. I interviewed her, and I interviewed him again. You know, uh, over a long period so of time. So him, him in character. It was her, it was her Dame Edna. One for, yeah. for lunch one day, and I and she said, "Would you like some lunch?" Oh, it looks like you've already had lunch. She she read me for being fat, and uh, and then the next morning I had breakfast with him, and then I don't know, fifteen years later or twenty years, but I was on Sirius, and he came to visit us in the L.A. studio, and um, and I said. I don't know if you know this, but I'm the guy who wrote the New York Times profile of you when the show was opening in 99 with the giant Hirschfeld. And I said, I'm only mentioning this because I want to know, did you get that Hirschfeld? And he said, yes, I did. <laughs> and uh, the next day, a forest of Casablanca lilies was delivered to oh. me. A forest. You could smell. It was insane. You could, If we put it here, we couldn't see the glass window over there. Was, was it really no. 99 that he, did, he was here on Broadway? That's the first one, yeah. I think I might. What, was the second one, the time because it was always was it the cat was the was it's the flower you the tiger what is it the, uh, the no he's a, he's a, a, a gladiolus a gladiola because that's a he gladi- would do the the way yeah. of the gladiolus. So how many times did he appear on Broadway then? Three. The third one didn't work so well. I must have seen the second one because I one know with it. Michael Feinstein didn't work very well. I didn't see that. No. You, you didn't miss anything. And I like them both. <laughs> no, they're great separate. They just didn't work. It didn't work together. You know, the you you mentioned so and and with with Dame Edna and some of what's going on with RuPaul's Drag Race now. I was wondering, your your books are always so so well researched, and you you do a good job of of giving us backstory. And for me, so much of drag was about where you might have lived in a city, and people might not have known those performers. I lived in Portland, Oregon, for instance, for a while, and there were great drag performers that were just known in Portland that are legends in those areas. And I wondered, as you did this book, did you find, is there friction between the old guard and the new guard that may be more popular due to social media or due to things like RuPaul's Drag Race? There, The one downside that several drag queens mentioned to the mainstreaming of drag and the advent, the, the huge success, the huge mainstream success of RuPaul's Drag Race was that they find that some audiences, if you have not appeared on Drag Race, you're of no interest to them. That was the one complaint. So you, you were nothing. Wow, yeah. that, that's kind of weird, right? That if you, that, it was as if, if you're too old to have been on Drag Race, it's as if you're not good enough to have been on Drag Race. Oh. And so they have to compete with that a little bit. But I, but... It was interesting. The oldest still working drag queen I just met from Portland, yeah. Darcel 15, yeah. who's profiled <laughs> in the book. That's who we used to go see. Darcel 15, after Denise Darcel, the we French would go, We would go there. We would go to Happy Hour. We'd go there. We saw her show every Saturday, and then we would go out and, and get, go on our way. But it was, it was the thing to do on Saturdays. But so. he's 80-something. He said to me, if someone's complaining that drag race is ruining their career, they must not have been very good to begin with. 
That's the right. That's how you get to be 87 and still putting the pumps on, you know, because you just have to be like, don't blame other people for whatever's good or bad in your life. Do your thing and people will find you. So, yeah, he was a big inspiration. And he was funny because I said to him, I said, "Okay, 10 months before you were named the Guinness World Record holder for the oldest still working drag queen, a Canadian drag queen was named this. And then 10 months later, you stole the title away from her. And he just said, boy, was she pissed. <laughs> and I was like, you want some at 80-something, you know. What I loved about her is she, and she was great about showcasing new talent and bringing new people up. And it was just, a, it was a, a great time in my life, but I, I was glad to see that she... Yeah. She made your book. So I dedicated the book to my first drag queen, who was uh, a performer named Mimi. I know nothing about her, except that she used to perform at Charlie's West in East Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, she my. Would dress. Charlie's West. Yes, there I you go. I haven't even thought of that. In yes. You've been there, Oh, my John? God. Well, Charlie's had a bunch of, yeah, anyway. But she would she would wear a, a sequined outfit that looked like the Italian flag. And then she would <laughs> of course. get to, she would, do, she would lip sync to Connie Francis. And she'd do where the boys are. And when she got, I wait impatiently, she would make the international symbol for jerking off. And so I was like, what a great signature. It's like, you know, some people, RuPaul says, can I get an amen to that? Or yeah, there's you know, a see that wall. Line. And for her, her, she jerked off to Connie Francis. So good for her. So she's got a, everyone should have it. So, but I thought it was best to dedicate it to my first drag queen. So, um... What was the longest span of time that you were devoting? Like, you were very busy. You know, you've been performing, you've been yes. traveling. But when when was some of these big chunks of time put in for the book? Would you just sit down? Maybe you're in L.A., maybe you're here, you're like, I got to do five days. Or or did you just, did it happen naturally, or did you no, have to I schedule just, your time? I am the worst person when it comes to being structured. I sit and wait for the muse to strike, which is not... That is a bad idea if someone is going to be writing <laughs> yeah, a book. Yeah, but I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, this. but no, I I am. I'll think and think and think. And the worst thing that ever happened was just to learn the the. the just, I saw a guy when I was working at a newspaper job twenty five years ago, longer thirty years ago, and hanging up over his desk, it said, "Just because I'm not typing doesn't mean I'm not writing." It was the worst thing I could have ever been told because it's like <laughs> that kept me. Because you really should just sit at the computer and write something, you know, but. Um, it was, you know, I, I was like, think, think, think. and I, But I still write that way. I, I've been writing for the Styles of the New York Times again lately. And uh, it's like I think and think and think and think and then just write the whole thing. And you kind of can't do that with a book. But with each piece of the book, it would be a lot of think, 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 think. Ah! And then figure it out and then just do it. But you, and I hope you appreciate that there's, I mean, you're smart. Yeah, there's that. Thing. No, but it, <laughs> I, I convinced people for 12 no, years no, on the radio you know I mean? that you I wasn't. But yeah, no, but you can't. Yeah. You can't just. That's a. That's a talent, and I think some people just think, oh, it's like somebody said who I was. I was. I mentioned earlier David McCullough who wrote the book, and he said he often gets surgeons or whatever come up to him and says, oh, I've got a book. You know, I've got a book in me or something. Mm. And then he's like, he said, I've started. My response has been, you know, I thought of taking out an appendix one day. <laughs> it's true. And it was like. But it, it is know. one of those skills that people assume anyone, anyone can, can do. do. They think right. anyone can do a podcast. Anyone can write. Anyone can act. And Actually, I take it back. They didn't do anyone can act. I was like, you know what? If you can call yourself a journalist and you didn't study for that, I'm an actor. So it's like, <laughs> and I've done some stuff. I mean, I did a little movie that's going to come out. Uh, I was in. I have one little scene, but it's with Marley Matlin. Uh, 
Well, you know how many times, and I'm sure your show because you're on every day when back in the old back in the old days on satellite. But we would often have guests that would come in that were all full of piss and vinegar, and then they died on the mic. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you've had the same thing. Where and then and then we we'd go to break it. Oh, I should have my own show. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's hard talk. to do. Stuff is hard to do. Unfortunately, we're in a culture now where everyone thinks they can do anything. Yeah. And, and everyone's told that they're they're you're perfect. Just hey, look, far. look. It's like no, you're not. Five years <laughs> in the making. Yeah, that's not five minutes. Five years is a long time, and it's a it's a good amount of time. When you were working with the your editor, um, were you happy with all like did, did the selection of photography and illustration that was presented to you? Like, you, did you suggest? No, I picked the photos. You did. Yeah, no, I photo edited the book with them, but but I did photo edit the book and did all the photos. So research. you did the R and D on your photo research. You have to do all that. You wow. kind of just do everything, and then you and then you. You have to work very closely with the publics. You have to do everything on everything. So you if, you, if you write it, you have to edit it, you have to proofread it, you have to do, and and you get help, but you have to take the initiative or on it every work. level. You have to try and get your own press. You have to, you have to, you know, and you work with people. Right. But unless you are, if you're Lena Dunham, and God bless her, <laughs> Lena Dunham's experience writing a book is vastly different than most of us. Right. Okay. I did not get six million dollars for this book. <laughs> I got money you could find. Five point five. I got money you could find in a couch cushion underneath. You know that fell out of your pocket. I got a quarter. A quarter, <laughs> and you know, and and you and 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 that's the way it goes. But you can't right. even complain about it. You, and you have to set up your own things. You have to call every friend you ever made in the world and say, "Could I come and do your show?" And they say, "Yes, thank heaven," and you go and do it. Um, but you have to sort of do the the most of the work. But you know, that's good advice for any. So career. even on the photography side, if you if you found a photograph that you you wanted to use in the book, would would they at least be the the people that would clear it for legal? Stuff? Yeah, yeah, you okay. got that. No, they'd help you. No, that's what I mean. You got a lot of help, but you have to take the initiative. Take the initiative, yeah. And that's and it's good advice for anything to to do. And and uh, you know, it's like it's like losing. I tell you, it's like losing weight. Everything to me is like losing weight. You, you have to do it. You either have to do it yourself or and not do it. And you defined it in yeah. a really great way, micro goals. Yeah, well, you have to. Like, here's the 20. Here's the yeah. 5. Here's the 5. I had here's a friend the... that ran a marathon like that. He had never run a marathon. He said the best way for him, and I, I said, I can't imagine running 26 miles. He said, you have to make a deal with your mind. And he yeah. said, and we were running, and he said, see that telephone pole. Tell yourself you're going to get to that pole. Which was only maybe 600 yards away. And he goes, then when you get there, pick another landmark and say, I'm going to get to that tree or I'm going to get to that bench. And he said, and eventually the time goes by. He said, but if you say, I'm going to go run 26 miles, it's daunting. Well, that's, uh, yeah. how, that's how you're defeated. And when I was studying animation, I did an animation thing for two years to learn character yeah. animation. Everything is incremental. Oh, with that especially. It's, yeah. Remember the old days where you'd move it a fraction of an inch? That's it, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's like stop motion. And it's all reversed engineer. You, the, you, you know what the dialogue is. You know what the story is. But then you get down to this little the craftsmanship thing. But I admire this so much. And we were flipping through it. Um, no one's, in, in my opinion, my favorites are all in here. And you even included one of our, our all-time favorites, Aunt Barbara. I know. And see, see, Aunt Barbara's fantastic because yep. she's a trans performer who's also a drag queen. Right. You see, it's, it, that's the future. It's sort of that you don't have to be a man who shaves everything and, and goes and, and puts on heels and a gown. You can be an 11-year-old kid who's a drag kid. They, that's a thing now. You can be a trans woman. You can be a trans... You can be anything you want to be as long as you're entertaining when that curtain goes up. That's really the thing. See, I think and, I was first, you know. my first New York introduction to drag might have been Wigstock. 
Oh, it was the best. And Lady Bunny came out on stage, and they were all they were bringing out the drag queens. And I, my favorite name of all time is Lady Bunny introduced Miss Satellite Dish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone sat and thought of the name. You know, my, my favorite just for the smarts. And I, I was funny. I was reading a, a you had mentioned it was your favorite drag queen, Dina Martino. Oh, Dina's my. Oh favorite. my god. And I, well, I, the other drag queens are going to be mad at me. I say no, it in but every I, but, but she used to be on favorite. your show quite a bit. And I remember one time sitting in the car and I tuned in and I hadn't heard her being being introduced. And I the interview was hilarious and I loved every second of it. And then I I had to figure out when you were going to repeat your show, which on Sirius was every three minutes. <laughs> I was. So, I, so I'm like, okay, I've got I've, like 12 hours a day. I feel like I've got, I've got to watch. I've got to listen again and find out who this is. But, you know, she's tough to find. Like, if you Google her, there's not an awful lot that comes up. She just uploaded. Is that the word the kids use? She just put on <laughs> YouTube a bunch of her videos. Oh, she great. never would have them no. out there. And I think now she's realizing that it would it benefits her to be more exposed. More visible. And, yeah. um she is about as funny as, Hilarious. as it gets. But if you have to, and you can't explain her, it doesn't make any follow, sense. You have to follow just, along. Just go see it. It's when, like, she, when she was talking and mispronouncing words, I mean, I mean, it was just. Yeah, she does like a yeah. hard G where it should be soft and vice versa. <laughs> you bring you bring up Frank's uh, career on satellite, and I thought you were going to say so something I've done twice when I've had you on in the car. Where you start going down, you're telling a story, you're interviewing somebody, and I start laughing so hard I can't drive, and I have to pull off to the side of the road and sit there for a minute, and then then it crests, and you're like, okay, I can drive again. Oh, because killing of... people since 2004. But do, do, well, I'll, you know, do, do you miss it? No. <laughs> well, I was. So... I, I got to say, your no. fans miss you. I... No, they're so nice. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to be anywhere five days a week for three be. hours. I just don't want well, to. You, what did we learn from Frank? You got to keep the funnel fill. You got to keep, keep the beast moving. You gotta, you oh, yeah. Oh, the whole, it's the whole, the, by the end of the day, it's all empty again. It's right. like, oh, great. Now I got to fill it up again tomorrow. <laughs> Guess and ideas. I just, and I just used that line on somebody. We know is starting a podcast and I said, I'm going to give you advice that uh, somebody had told us, a guy named Frank DeCaro, is you'll find out real quick that you got to keep that Keep that feed the beast. That you were traveling with Lisa Lampanelli for four two, years. Is it four years? Four. So she's now gone, and she's doing more self-help, and yeah, she's reinvented herself. Are you are you still partnered with her? Do you? No, I just stepped back about a month ago, okay. and I because I said to her, I said it's it's time for Baby Bird to leave the nest. That woman, I am so grateful to. She she's the reason I could see my feet. She is the reason I can stand on a stage with a microphone. I can be handed a microphone and go go oh, talk. You, 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 you said know? it was like an intervention. Oh my god, it really was an intervention. She really did. She she called me to her house, and you could hear the bolts lock like a women's prison movie. And she's friggin' <laughs> Ida Lupino in this movie. She's a prison warden, you know. And uh, she told me I had to I had to either lose weight on my own or I had to go meet her bariatric surgeon. Wow. And uh, she said you you're going to die, and you haven't been listening to your cardiologist, who said. That, but I didn't. Who listens to the cardiologist? Right. You listen to your insult comic. Why would you listen who to your listens to their, you listen you to listen an insult, insult comic? comic That's before you your cardiologist, your right? So I did. So I, but I, and I lost 105 pounds, and then I did what some people do. I gained 20 some of it back, and now I've gained about 12 of it back. So, eh, so I'm down about 12. But it's a constant struggle. Yeah. And so anybody, they're out there. It's you got it. It's a, it's going to be the rest of your life, and you just have to. You're going to be like, you know, the the the, the what's what's recovering alcoholic? That's the expression. Yeah. You're going to be a recovering yeah. foodaholic the rest of your life. It is not. I'm going to behave until September, and then I'll be fine. I'll go back to what. No, you have to be responsible for what you're shoving in your fat mouth every time you walk into the refrigerator, and it's it is a constant struggle 
and but I'm going to win. I'm I. You know, I will say, um, and, and I'll ask you this, not just say it, but you went from out cue pretty quickly to to be on the road with Lisa. Yeah, thank heaven for that. My whole career, that's I've I been want, lucky like but that. But that's what I wanted to know is is the step off from one into this other cool world, and you're traveling the country. You're doing you're you're opening up. How many months into that was it before you're like, hey, I'm not doing the, the daytime thing anymore? Or was it minutes? <laughs> the first, no, honestly, the first, I'd been a freelancer for a long time before Sirius. So I was very used to my time is Your my gigs, own. Yeah. So I love it. Um, with Sirius was back to, was, was just, it was daily and that was very hard for me. And so when I was suddenly doing this with Lisa, I mean, I was bummed when they got rid of the whole channel. I was very, yeah. very sad. However, my first day of unemployment, I was at 11 o'clock in, in my own tuxedo in the back of a limousine on the way to the Grammys as Lisa's date. So if that's your first day of unemployment, it's not that bad. So you do think I could go do this. So I did. She didn't win. It'd be nice if she won, but, it, you know, I told her. I don't, I don't, know, who, I don't know who won. It might have been Louis C.K., but I said maybe I should have been his date. But the hell I know. You know, he'd have, I'd have gone home with a trophy. I'd have held it for you. Now, are you still you liking know? Los Angeles? I love Los Angeles. I always, I I always wanted, we've always said we'd like to have lived in California. It's if Of all the cities in the state, um, I prefer L.A. I like it because it's so fake. I love everything. <laughs> everything everybody complains about is the best thing about it. It's like people. But the only I knew things were different though. I went. Into, we went to this party. We went to a doggy birthday party in this very ritzy titsy woman's penthouse. There was not <laughs> if one. The dogs person, are in costume. No right? penthouse oh, in L.A. is six stories. Yeah. Even the dogs didn't have their original faces. Okay, it was like everyone had been worked on except my husband Jim Colucci and I. So we're in. We're, you know. So to aim, hold the camera up. Thank you. You know, so you look like you have one chin. So, but anyway, but no, and I thought to myself, it didn't strike me as odd anymore. It's like, well, we've lived here a while now because it used to freak me out when I'd walk in. Now I just look around. And it's like, look, are you guys kind of refreshed? You look. Are you in the same place? Uh, no, we 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 have a we have a cute apartment now. Yes, it depends on when I was here last. Because, we were well, in a guest house for a while. When you first then, moved out to LA, I don't believe you had a kitchen. No, I didn't. We were li- and it drove me crazy. I had a cookbook and no kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dead celebrity, yeah, dead celebrity cookbook. cookbook and no kitchen. So my kitchen was dead. No, I was living uh, in a guest house, which is kind of the when you land in LA, that's a, right. often a first step. And then we got an apartment. I have my first grown up apartment now. It's okay. Because you know, New York City apartments. Yeah, it, yes. yeah. Okay, I had the four burners and they and they were this wide. Okay, there was like you could do <laughs> it was like, like a chef stove. Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. Now, now I've got my six burners, I've got my first dishwasher. Ever. No, 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 no. I am not hearing wow. this. You've got to be kidding me. I've never had a dishwasher before. In so New I'm York here. City, you have to have two appliances. One of them is a dishwasher. The other is an air conditioner. Yeah, I never... So this is my first apartment with wow. central air. My central. first dishwasher ever. Wow. A regular size refrigerator, um, a chef stove, my own full size washer and dryer in the apartment. Oh, no, that's, that's heaven. Great. This is living. I, nobody, my father had not given me that Susie Homemaker washer when I was five years old, okay? It's like, thank God. I was like, you know, give the Nelly Queen something <laughs> he wants. You give your kids what they want because they'll do laundry for the rest of your, their lives. No, I don't let Jim touch. It's like, you, I said, you can use I'm the, the laundry guy in our hand. Are you? Oh, it's terrible. Richard right. does the laundry for her. He can, Jim can use the washer dryer when I'm not in the apartment. You know, when I'm away, he can use any appliance he wants. <laughs> oh. I don't care. If I'm there. And there should be like police no, tape over the appliance. It's a right? yellow thing. You can't He's do that. He's probably okay with that. So you're going to be on um, Watch What Happens Live. You're going to be the bartender this yes, coming Monday. I'm going to bartend on Monday, which I'm so excited about. This coming Monday. Yes. Okay. And it's, and I, I, 
I can say the guests. Now, they announced it. It's RuPaul and Angelica Houston. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Are you going to have this on the bar? They're going to, yes. This should be on the bar. This should be on the bar. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm gonna make uh, Wigronis, which are good. <laughs> no, it's, it's, so it's going to, it's it's uh, gin, com, uh, Campari, and vermouth with a splash of wig water. So oh, it's good. Great. So it's going to be out. So be good. And then you're going to be doing, um, is it... Uh, DragCon? So we're DragCon at the end of the month over Memorial Day weekend, and we're doing a panel. Oh, where's that? In L.A. at the convention center. Okay. And there is one in the fall. I don't. Maybe they'll have me back in the fall here in New York. But it's the panel based on the book is me, Miss Coco Peru, Leslie Jordan, Drew Drogi, James St. James. That's everybody. Leslie and, Jordan. Yes. Oh my God. We're going to talk about drag on sitcoms and sort of when did you first notice a drag queen on TV? And we're going to talk about that. That's going to be the. Was Leslie the, Jordan just, in the movie Sorted Lives? He is. He's the world's greatest Tammy Wynette when impersonator. He walks out. Can you smell my? Play? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. The very first time I remember drag might have been either Bugs Bunny or Barney Barney Rubble. You yeah, mean both. A, you one, mean you're, and you're, they're wonderful in drag. You're talking about as a kid. Because I can remember as a kid Saturday watching it. I think it was funny. I think Fred and Barney dressed up like. Yeah, to win the taste. What is it? Tasty, tasty pastry, pastry right. contest. <laughs> yes. That Bugs Bunny. Do. Bugs Bunny. Any opportunity to get in, get in a get in drag. He does. Is, we are such a product. All of us. No, I know. TV. One of the best reviews I got, they said, from Bugs Bunny to Lady Bunny, this is a must-have. And it's like, good. That's well, That is a so, great review. Yeah. Well, I wrote that, too, and John and I both said, it's a coffee table book. And if, oh. you, if you don't have this, listeners, if you don't have this on your coffee table this summer at your beach house or your country house or your house house, do people still have coffee tables? Yes, they do. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something about this book. book. I brought it home. And it was sitting on the counter. Uh, we bought a, Bob and I got an apartment in, in Washington Heights. Nice. So it's kind of L.A. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Almost. It is, it's almost, it's further it's west. almost Connecticut. It's, I, yeah, it's above it's kind the bridge. Of far. Yeah. And the greatest thing to me is I leave the room. I come back and he's sitting. He made himself a gin and tonic. He's sitting and he's dutifully flipping through. He goes, <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God, where'd you get this? I says, it's Frank DeCaro. He goes, Frank DeCaro. And we were, we were laughing there is such great stuff in yeah. here. If you've lived in New York, if you've lived in L.A., if you've been to P-Town, if you've been in Chicago, any of the cities where drag, where you've experienced this, right? Well, I think it's hilarious. 1950s, early 60s, drag show pulls into Fort Worth, Texas, and they're like, no, 28 days, okay? It's like people have always liked drag. Yeah, okay? They always have, and it, they, they weren't. You couldn't be a gay. You you know you had to be quiet. You had to be discreet. All that stuff. But it's like audiences have always liked drag shows, and they thank God they continue to do so. Thank God I was a year late with this but book too, because it's the right time. Just to, to just to wrap up, I would say was this has been a part of all our coming out experiences. You know, not just going to a gay bar, but the first time you go to see an actual performance. And I love drag because I laugh, laugh, laugh. The best drag queens. Are making fun jokes. They're well, having they, a they ball. also were leading the movement too for yes, yes. Gay, for the particularly the the LGBT community. There was a there was a, a guy that I I just knew as an acquaintance in Philly, and he was about our age, and he was very out and proud. He was a local drag queen, and I remember sending him a note recently and telling him how watching him and the way he the way was. he behaved yeah. in the eighties for somebody that was not comfortable with who they were and seeing him and how he's grown to where he is now and he sent me back the most lovely note about God. He goes 
he goes, perfect timing for you to send that. He goes, I really needed that today. But he said, sometimes you don't know that anything you do is going to have an impact for somebody. Yeah. And um, I think drag queens were way in Well, way I in think the Frank DeCaro's had an that. outsized impact on all our lives, which I am. <laughs> plus, I definitely plus, plus size, size for a so long time. I am time. so yeah. happy to be sitting next to you. And I want to remind everybody, the book is called Drag, Combing Through the Big Wigs of Show Business by none other than Frank DeCaro. Amazon me, baby. <laughs> Did you come up with the title, Combing Through the... Yeah, it was going to be called Big Wigs, Combing Through the History of Drag and Show Business. And they're like, no, it has to be Drag, Combing Through the Big... I was like, well, then let's call it that. Well, so, congratulations. But every book on drag is called Drag, The only th which is <laughs> hilarious to me, that that's the only title you're allowed to have. However, <laughs> I don't know if it's just on my search, but if you put in drag right now, you get RuPaul's Drag Race and me. So. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Wow. Talk about Are you search. writing any other books before we go? I'm trying to figure out what's next. I don't okay. know, but we're just going to sell this one for a while. But I am, we're working, I'm working with a production company uh, to turn this into a 10-part documentary wow. series. Wow. We don't know if it'll happen. We no, have to but sell what it a first. great idea. On, That's the goal. The what a great way. idea. Yeah, well, knock thank on Frank, laminate. I can't thank you enough for joining us. <laughs> Check Frank out this coming Monday. Uh, we'll be on Watch What Happens. I know. We'll be bartending. This is going to be standing in the background. Please pick up your copy. I know we don't uh, do that often, but you're going to love the book. And if you love Frank, you're going to love it even doubly more. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Deep Discount. Thank you, Garrett, Steve. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Frank, again. It's on Deep Discount at, uh, at Amazon right now. It's 18 bucks. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, that's a different kind of discount. <laughs> All right, Tim, what do we say? Don't text and drive, arrive alive. Well, that's very good. See if he's cued, Garrett. There you go. We'll see you next week, folks. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.